So a guy walks into a bar and says, hey, I want a shot of magic with like a realness chaser. No, wait, I want a shot of realness with like a magic chaser. The bartender looks at him and says, well, what does he say? This is Stefan Ravelli telling you that this is it. Everything you need is available to you right here, right now. All the skills, insight, joy, fluidity, wisdom, growth, inspiration, all depends on your relationship to what you do and to yourself. You see, I've realized after over like a decade in hospitality and then also teaching meditation and mindfulness, the grit and grime of service life, like waiting tables in a restaurant, that's where everything I've cultivated gets actioned and tested. That's where you can learn everything you need to know about mastering yourself. Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast. Let's talk about how this all works. Ladies and fellas, what's happening? So I don't have a lot of time today, so I'm just going to cut right to the interview with Alexa Hauser. She is an EFT healer, fellow podcaster, and explorer of the magical and mystical with a very unique way of delivering her findings to her audience. Her and her co-host Ambrosia Matthews on the Inner Bloom podcast dance in these realms in like really real and fun ways, which is refreshing. And her show, which has a fairly different thrust than mine in delivering sort of consciousness-raising philosophies, does make me reflect on it because I had thought I was sort of being uh, vulnerable and in process in the way I was going about sort of exploring wisdom-based principles, but they really lay their process on the table. Admirably so. It is raw, open, and humble. I clearly have a need to look polished. So without further ado, the fun and lively discussion that I expected to have with her. I am here with Alexa Hauser who is the host of, wow, two podcasts. And I thought I was working hard. Two podcasts, Inner Bloom and Positive Head, uh, which she has her own, own segment on the show that she does once a week. And she also has a healing practice uh, that's born from a very interesting story that I'm looking forward to hearing today. How's it going, Alexa? Thanks for being on the show. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is going wonderfully. Um, really, really enjoying finally this nice weather. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you after we already had an initial conversation on one of those podcasts. So yeah, totally. So Alexa was a wonderful host on the Positive Head podcast. Yeah, we had a really great conversation. And so now we're turning the tables. <laughs> the tables have been turned. Alexa can talk about her story, her thing, which I'm uh, stoked to hear about. So I wanted to, I guess the first question I want to ask, and I want to start framing questions like this because it's fun. Uh, your life today is a restaurant. I walk in, the hostess seats me, gives me a menu. What's on the menu? Wow. What a question. Wow. This oh, is yeah. great. Oh yeah. I see where you're going with the whole service thing. I like it. I theme um, a bit. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine to theme a bit. I'm not above theming. Okay. <laughs> So you're saying what is on the menu of like my life today? Like what is on the menu of like who I am, like what I have to offer? Menu of your life. This is like a cosmic menu. Got it. So you have, yeah, EFT, you know, my EFT sessions where I get to, um, you know, work with people and help them heal and transmute limiting beliefs and traumas and all kinds of things. And then you have, yeah, one, one podcast about, you know, um, 
positivity and and the the nature of reality and uh, all kinds of you know metaphysical things. And then you have another podcast which is more you know for feminine and for women and help helping women step into their power. And then you have um, you know a superfood a passion for superfoods. Um, you know, so, so one order of, you know, the highest grade superfoods that you can get. I, I work with a superfood company that I'm really passionate about. Um, and then you have a lots of, lots of order. This is going to sound weird, but lots of appetizers of puppies. Cause I love puppies and right. I walk dogs. That just, that's, that sounds weird. Um, but maybe like an appetizer of petting puppies and walking puppies. <laughs> uh, I love animals so much and, uh, they're a big part of my life as well. What is EFT? And how did you encounter this healing technique? What made it like your weapon of choice? So EFT is, stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And um, essentially, it's a quantum level self-healing tool um, that uses percussive tapping on the energy meridians of your body um, in conjunction with essentially voicing how you're actually feeling about an issue, meaning talking about maybe if you have, you know, um, maybe if you have a fear, actually voicing that fear aloud saying, I'm really afraid this is going to happen. But even though I have this fear, it's okay. I still love and accept myself. So something about the pairing of those two things, the percussive tapping on the energy meridians of your body, and then actually voicing how you're feeling about um, an issue in your life and pairing that with love and acceptance, something about that allows the, the issue to uh, transmute out of the body and, and restructure itself. And, um, and it's, really, it's really a powerful technique. So that is EFT. It can be used, like I said, for you know, releasing trauma, uh, reprogramming your, your beliefs. For example, I've used it to reprogram uh, beliefs about money, beliefs about relationships, beliefs about the world, business, all kinds of things. Um, and I found it because, so, well, here's the interesting thing. So one of the podcasts that I host on right now is called Positive Head. That's where you and I connected. And Positive Head has actually been a giant vehicle for me um, in terms of everything, every good thing that's come into my life. It's kind of come through this one vehicle, which is this podcast. And, you know, I think a lot of us have these vehicles in our life. It's, it's I kind of see it as, when you're in a space where you're lost, when you're in a space where, you know, you don't know what to hold on to, which is what was happening to me after I had my awakening, I was like, I don't know what to grasp onto right now. There can be something that, that, that is like your blanket, you know, it's like the thing that you grab onto. You're like, this is safe. I know that this is safe. This feels good. And for me, that was positive head. You know, I, I remember being in a really dark space, just feeling like I didn't even know who to talk to. I felt like my whole life was changing. Nothing that I knew was the same. Even, you know, my partner who's still my partner, but at the time I was just like, I don't even know. I, I feel so different. How can I relate to him or talk to him about this? Um, and so anyway, I just remember typing in positive into podcasts and I found this podcast, positive head podcast. And, um, you know, after listening and just 
latching onto it, you know, like as my, my comfort, uh, Brandon, the host of the podcast asked if, you know, anyone listening wanted to intern. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I've owned a company before, like, I'm not going to intern, you know, for this, but another voice was telling me like, but it doesn't matter what the title is. Like you want to be a part of this, just email and see what happens. So I emailed and I kind of like let go of it. You know, I just kind of moved on with my life. And then I did an interview with Erica who helps run the podcast. And then, you know, a few weeks later I got an email saying that they had picked me out of all the people. And I was like, wow, that is awesome. So I just started helping out and, uh, long story short that, that eventually led to me um, doing my own segment on the podcast uh, every Friday where I get to interview the listeners. It was an idea that came to me while I was helping out with social media and I pitched it to Brandon um, half thinking, you know, like we could do it once a month. He could do it, you know, and he actually ended up just handing the reins over to me and saying, yeah, great. Take, take the whole day. You, you do this episode, you do it. You know, if, if it works, we'll keep doing it. And it was an incredible opportunity. And Anyway, I ended up doing that and that is the vehicle that kind of attracted in all of these connections that I have now, um, one of which was EFT, rounding back to EFT. Um, mm. th there's a teacher uh, of EFT. She's, she's like a, an incredible, she's a goddess. I mean, there's no other way to describe her. Her name's Sonia Sophia and she's just, anyone who's met her knows she's, she's on another level. I mean, her vibration is just like, fairy godmother. And um, she, her life mission is to teach the world about EFT and to help people heal themselves through this modality of EFT. And so she's been on the podcast several times. Um, but after I came on and was, you know, uh, hosting my own episodes, um, we ended up connecting in this way where she was looking for some help. I reached out to her, we were on a phone call. And the next thing I knew I was booking a flight to Austin, Texas, to go to her 10 day EFT training, which was happening, uh, three weeks after that point. And, um, and if you know what, if you've ever had a moment where you're just like, wait, how did this happen? Like, how did I even get here? I don't even know what just took over my body and said these words, but like now I've committed to doing this thing. That's exactly what happened. It was like, I don't, I didn't, I don't even remember being conscious of like asking to come or, or of even what I wrote to her in this email that connected us. But it was like, looking back, I realized how divinely intended it was because something, something larger than me, like took over and was like, you're going to this, you are, you are getting trained in this modality. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so I, so I ended up going and it changed my life. And, um, I realized how meant for me, this modality was like how meant for me it's been for my entire life because I always wanted to be a psychologist. Um, I always really loved talking to people about their issues and kind of helping giving them uh, different perspectives and, and soothing people. Um, and I, I'd always been that way my whole life, even since I was a very little girl. And, um, and then as I got older, I, you know, I actually double majored in college. I went to USC one was communication and the other was psychology. And then halfway through, I was like, I don't want to sit in an office just listening to people's problems that I don't actually feel like I'm helping fix, you know, because I'd been, 
not saying that therapy doesn't help people because I've been to therapy and it absolutely has helped me. But what I've realized later is that I think the part that was really helping me was just having someone who was there holding space for me, who was really listening to me. Um, as far as, you know, actually making any progress in terms of the issue, it was kind of like after a while, I would just kind of loop around on my issues and I, I felt stagnant, like nothing was happening. So I, I became a little bit disenchanted with the idea of becoming a psychologist and um, I went more towards communication. I worked in entertainment. Anyway, so once I found EFT, I realized, wow, this, this is what I've been looking for my whole life because it actually is a modality that gives you the ability to not only get a physical release, but also emotional relief and a new way of seeing the issue and a way of uh, a way to program in something new instead of that issue, instead of that belief, instead of that problem, actually, you know, able to um, put some input, something new into your brain so that you're thinking about this in a new way. And that allows things to actually change. And so once I experienced that and, and went to the retreat, it was like game over for me. I knew that this is something I was meant to do and meant to teach other people about. And, and that's what I'm doing today. Game over and game on, I guess, yes, right? Yes, definitely. Game over, game on, for sure. So um, is this something you uh, still mainly use on yourself or is it now an offering to heal others? Um, no, it's, I use it on myself, absolutely. But I also, uh, you know, I do private sessions with people. I do tapping circles at the local healing arts collective in Philadelphia once a month. Um, so I do it in groups. I do it privately with people over Skype or FaceTime. And then, yeah, I absolutely do it on myself. I think it's really important, um, especially if you're any sort of healing practitioner that you always use that modality as well as other modalities to continue to heal yourself because, you know, the clearer you can get, um, on yourself, on your own issues, the, the more you can process what, what is limiting you, the, the, the more you can show up for others in, in a bigger and better way. And the, the better you're able to hold space for others because you're not so triggered uh, mm -hmm. by what might yeah. come up for them. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the self other sort of dance that I always talk about with, uh, with the art of service, you know, yes. uh, whether it's on the scale of just simply professionally serving or whether you are a servant of humanity, period, you know, you want to be of use to people. Absolutely. then you got to be clean um, or at least endeavor to be clean, like make yeah. that a priority. <laughs> yeah. At least on your journey, you know, because are we ever like fully clean? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think as long as you're alive, you know, you're going to have things popping up, but I do believe that you can get to a point, especially if this is becomes a way of life and a way that you think about living your life um, as confronting the issues and, 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 giving acknowledgement to them rather than kind of burying them as most of us have been taught to do up until this point. Um, it really, you know, at a certain point can hit, hit a, a tipping point, um, which just gives you so much more availability um, for others. And, and, and that is the greatest act of service, speaking of service that, that you could ever do to be, to be as present as possible. Of technical interest to me in, in EFT. So if, if you have a certain, um, like fear or worry about something is the tapping kind of like a process of sort of locating like like a particular 
part of the body that it's kind of lighting up the most? So yes, that that can be a part of it. That is definitely part of when I do tapping, but it's just one element. A lot of the times I'll ask, you know, let's say someone's issue is they're having anxiety about uh, public speaking or like being seen. I'll ask them, can you feel this in the body right now? You know, and maybe they'll say, yeah, I feel it in my stomach. It feels like knots. It feels like it's really tight. So then here's the really amazing thing about EFT where you can really see how it works. Um, I'll, then I'll tap with them on that and I'll have them tap on each point and I'll have them say, describe what's happening and say, I have this knot in my stomach. It feels so uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling. It feels like there's pulling and tightening and all these sensations. We'll describe it and then we'll say, but even though I have the sensation and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. I'm still open to loving and accepting myself as I am. And then we take a deep breath. And usually after that, I'll check back in. And I'll say, okay, what's it doing now? And like nine times out of 10, they'll be like, weird, it moved. And they're like, I'm like, where is it now? They'll be like, well, now it's in my throat and it feels this way. So then we'll tap on that. And then usually it'll jump maybe one more place. Maybe it'll go to like the head or the back. And then we'll Mm. tap on that. And then after that, it, jumps out of the body usually and it's gone and that alone provides you know um amazing relief but but i think it's so interesting you know to to observe that because i feel like what we're seeing is places it's kind of like a map of the body it's like oh well we're going in reverse like maybe you know originally for example it started in the back like feeling like you had so much on your shoulders or something was weighing on you then after you became numb to that it jumped into your throat where you felt like you couldn't speak to people about it um you, you, you wanted to ask for help, but you didn't know how. And then after that, maybe that's when it jumped into the solar plexus where um, that's like your power. You felt powerless, you know? And then, so what we're doing when we're tapping, it's almost like we're rewinding and we're like, well, wait, where is that? Where is all this energy stored? And the, the other miraculous thing about EFT that when you do this, um, one of the symptoms of, you know, uh, processing emotions is actually phys- physical sensations. People burp and yawn and mm-hmm. um, laugh hysterically sometimes, or they'll cry or mm-hmm. they'll sweat. I mean, but but the biggest things that I see is yawning and burping. And that's a sign that your body is shifting. Like you can actually feel things from deep inside your, your belly, like coming up and yeah. suddenly you'll feel cleared out. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. That's cool. And for um, people like, I don't know, let's say for example, myself or a lot of dudes that I know that aren't as like dialed into their body, does the yeah. process tend to take someone who might be quite mental and does it tend to actually bring them into bodily awareness as well? So like in the beginning, if they're like, I don't know, I just feel nervous. I don't know where, I don't know, in my brain and nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you, are you able to then, or through the process, they'll kind of come into like an awareness of actually what's happening within them and the actual movement of that uh, feeling energetically through the body? Yeah, that is, that's a really interesting question because that is something I've observed specifically with men. It's like, and, and it makes sense, you know, just for, given what, how our society is set up, um, you know, men are, are taught to talk more about um, what they're observing or what's happening versus like, you know, I think women are taught just, this is a blanket statement, obviously, but I, I think women are more often taught to talk about their emotions. Um, 
So, so yeah, so I do notice when I tap with men, um, it's sometimes it is a little more difficult for them to tap into the body or what's actually happening there. But mm-hmm. in that case, what you do is you just go to people where they are. So if whatever someone is noticing, for example, if they're just, if they're unable to connect to the body yet, that's okay. You just go where they are and you start there. And you can even, you know, sometimes I start my tapping sessions with just tapping on the resistance to even doing this tapping session. Like, <laughs> you know, cause sometimes if you try to move too quickly past it and you just go straight into the body, people are like, wait, wait, I'm not even there yet. I'm, I'm still out here in the resistance. Like I'm not, yeah. you come back and you, you zoom out and you start with just the resistance. They start processing and releasing right there and that breaks down the walls and then we can get closer. So sometimes that's what I would end up doing with, let's say a male client who, who can't really get that deep into their emotions or into the body yet. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And well, actually there's a technique I've been doing and talking about lately, um, which, uh, uh, Zen, Zen coach Greg Klauminzer taught me, uh, which is a Zen practice uh, or sourced in Zen, uh, mindful communication technique. And that's just, it's a, you know, a cue question, answer question, respond with question, seems simple kind of outward contemplative technique uh, and seems mental. Um, but the first 15 minutes has to be uh, clearing and, and just simply saying, what is, what is happening right now? What's happening right now? What are you feeling right now? Are you not liking having to do this right now? And you have to go through that before you can properly um, address something deeper. You gotta, gotta settle into the chair, you know? Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, I, I like that too. It really, cause also we're so used to um, kind of like distracting ourselves from the present, you know? Mm. But it's, you, you, a lot of EFT is like, you're really just focusing on what's happening. And so a lot of the time, the the mind, especially when you're starting to talk about something that's uncomfortable, which is probably the issue that you're talking about. It's probably uncomfortable. It's probably something that you don't want to talk about. Really. You don't want to go into the body has, and the mind have a really interesting way of you'll get real distracted and real tired real quick as a way of a a defense mechanism. Like don't, don't come in here. Like don't, you don't want to start tapping on this. Trust me. Like you have other things to do. Just get up and walk, you know? So I I do think, you know, presence, just presence is such a powerful thing and such an important thing to start with. If you're not there, how can you access these things? Right? Yeah. And I find, you know, uh, in, in someone that definitely has a history for me, uh, of being prone to not being present in my head and, and still sometimes struggle with that. Now, um, I've, I've found that to, address what's happening right now, you need to first address how much you're not and haven't been addressing what's happening right now. Like get that, get that out of the way. <laughs> exactly. Cause that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally. Your, your lack of presence, be present to your lack of presence. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> wow, know? like the amazing results you could have just by acknowledging what you won't acknowledge. You know what I mean? Just by not like you're saying, it's like, I have not, I don't want to be present. I have not been present. The amazing relief that can come just from that is it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's almost, I get this image in my head of, it's almost like your body's here and then you're, well, you can't see this, but your body's, you know, one place and your spirit's kind of off somewhere else. And it's kind of like by acknowledging that like, I don't even want to do this right now. For example, it's almost like you snap back together because you're saying something, you're speaking your truth. You're saying something that's true. You're acknowledging yeah. what's happening now and it makes you, it's, it unifies you in a way. And that allows healing somehow. Definitely. 
Yeah. Love it. So, um, so I want to go back before we talk about more uh, stuff you're working on in the present. I want to talk about this because it's, uh, it interests me, uh, about your story. You had a, a major health crisis and that led to some sort of awakening. Can you describe that uh, for me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So God, I can't keep track of time anymore. A few years ago mm-hmm. now, um, I was working in the music industry and I was an artist manager. And this is something that, you know, I had wanted to do for a while and it ended up synchronistically happening. I kind of fell into it uh, after I had started a company in the music industry, which was in a, in a different part of it. But I made so many connections through that, that I ended up um, getting the opportunity to manage an artist. And then I took on an, another and another and another and you know, I was doing all kinds of of things with that and just learning, like hitting the ground running, learning through a ton of experience how to, uh, to manage artists. And, you know, in addition to that, what was happening was, um, I had so much on my plate. I had said yes to so much because that was another thing that I had to learn at that time. Um, I'm an ideas person and I have a lot of ideas all the time. And, Back then, I really wouldn't let anyone help me. Like I just kept saying, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. And so I felt like I had to be working like 20 hours a day. And um, so I I went at the beginning of this journey, I went to get prescribed Adderall and to get diagnosed as being ADD. And currently, I don't actually think I'm ADD. I think I just, um, I didn't know how to focus. And I also didn't, wasn't, you know, when I was growing up in school, I just wasn't very interested in the things that were being taught to me or the teaching style. But anyway, I went to get prescribed uh, Adderall because literally in my mind, I was like, I need this. Like, this is the only way that I'm going to be able to work this much. I need the energy. And um, so I did that and I was prescribed a pretty high dosage of Adderall, Um, like pretty unsafe, I'd say. And um, So I was taking that. I was drinking massive amounts of coffee every day. I was eating like horribly. I mean, literally I would have like a pop tart in the morning and then I would have sour patch kids in the afternoon. And then I maybe would have like some pasta or something at night. It was bad. And, um, and then I was never sleeping and it was just like, and then me and my partner were getting into issues because like we were on totally different time schedules and I was putting work before everything. And anyway, it was building up, building up, building up. And at the same time, I was really being extremely unkind to myself in my, in my mind and in my soul and in my heart. I was, I was just saying things in my head to myself all day. Um, sometimes that would debilitate me. I mean, just talk, tell myself I was a bad person, that um, I had made all these mistakes, that I was, you know, I just wasn't enough. I was unworthy. I, I couldn't get anything right, all of this. And eventually, um, one day, I, so the other thing that was starting to happen is that my skin was starting to break out like crazy. And I had never had skin problems. Like when I was growing up, I mean, I, I don't know, I had like a pimple every once in a while, but I never actually had skin problems in middle school or high school or college. Um, so this was very weird that this was happening. Too much um, fire. If I were to do an yeah. Ayurvedic doctor accent, too much fire in you, too much, too much fire. Pizza. 
Oh man, you're right. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, that's probably what was going on. Yeah. Too much fire for sure. And there was a lot of like anger too, you know, like anger fire, right? Which is fire. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yep. So (laughs) too much of that. And it was breaking out. And the other interesting thing is, you know, like the skin represents spiritually, like how others see you, right? Like, or how you think others see you, like your external, Mm. what you're showing in the world. And so it was this time where I was very concerned with how others were seeing me. And I thought others saw me in a terrible way and that like that they should see me in that way. And, um, so then one day I got what I thought was a pimple, like on the side of my cheek and it, but it was different. It got really, really hard. Like, and then my whole cheek got really hard and it was like, it, it wasn't like a pimple. Like it was more like a cyst. And, um, anyway, my whole left side of my face ended up blowing up, like inflaming to the point where it looked like I had a golf ball or like maybe even like a small baseball in the side of my um, cheek. And it started to cut off my airway. And yeah, so we had to go to like an emergency room type thing. And it was horrible. They had to like stick a needle in my face. It was like... I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. It was not comfortable. Um, but ultimately, they said that they didn't know what it was. Um, that they gave me an antibiotic. They just said, you know, take this, and who knows? It's a free thing. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I think I was still like in denial. Like I don't know what's going on. Um, and nothing you know, to drain. I, Sorry to interrupt. There's nothing to drain. It was just like a. Oh swelling. no, there was no no. That's why they stuck the needle in my face because okay. like, they needed. Um, and, and I still have a hole, like a, not a hole, but it looks like a little like scar on the left side of my face because it was, it ended up being like a hole literally in my face. Um, so, okay. So then, you know, I I took the antibiotic, things started to calm down, things got better for a little bit. And then, um, it was not like two and a half weeks later, maybe that it happened again exactly the same but worse and in the exact same space like spot literally mm-hmm. and so this time I went to the emergency room and I'll never forget too that I was there holding like a bag of ice on my face when we were in the waiting room and then they took they said okay you can go into this little room now like my partner was with me and when we got into the little room I took the ice down and then like a nurse or like another doctor ran into the room because they needed like a pen or a chart or something. And they saw me and they literally screamed because of my face looked like so deformed, literally. And, and it was that, and you know what, looking back, it's funny to remember that moment because it was a manifestation of how I felt about myself. Like I'm a monster, like I'm not worthy. I'm this, I'm this, you know, like all of this unworthiness and shame that I've carried with me since childhood that I never really understood. Um, it was right there, like manifesting in a very intense way. And so the same thing happened. They put a needle in my fist again and they gave me antibiotics. They said again, they have no idea what it is, but I knew what it was. I knew in that moment that everything had to change. It was like I got this huge download. Hmm. And the download was immediately, I just knew everything, like my diet had to change. My thoughts had to change. I ins- I've never meditated before, but I was like, I have to start meditating. Um, I was like, I have to quit what I'm doing. Um, I have to like, I just knew that 
that something was happening and and I I knew I had to like start figuring out health and and start going towards like holistic things and so once I got home from that um I started I quit I dropped my artists that I still had um and as as their manager and I backed off from almost everything in the music industry and everyone around me was like what are you doing like what are you going to do and I was like I don't know I I don't know and for a long time I just kind of didn't do anything. And it was a really scary time because again, I was having an awakening because the more that I researched, like the more that I looked into the health stuff, the more spiritual stuff I found, you know, and the more spiritual stuff I found, I mean, like finding positive head was one of the things where suddenly it was like, wait, what's this guy talking about? Hold on a second. Like, it was like stuff that I'd always been into when I was younger, but that, you know, I had always been told like, well, that's not true. And that's just conspiracy. And that's not, you know, that couldn't possibly be real. Um, suddenly all this information was hitting me in the face, like a ton of bricks. And now I'm, you know, it's, I'm 30 or I'm 29 or something. I'm 29 years old, I think. And, um, and it's hitting me in, in, in the face and I'm suddenly realizing what wait this is real like this is this this is resonating with me now and this is this is really interesting to me so i just deep dive into all of this stuff i mean everything that i can find about you know spirituality and consciousness and who we are and our souls and you know uh Arcturians and like channeling and I found Abraham Hicks and that blew my mind like the law of attraction and I mean once I found Abraham Hicks that just like blew the lid off of everything because I just went down an Abraham Hicks rabbit hole and um you know once I learned about the law of attraction and everything that they teach that that really changed my perspective because I'd always thought that I was powerless and that I couldn't really do anything about my circumstances. Like there was nothing that I could really do. I kind of felt like the world was against me and um, it really made me realize that I was powerful and that I was the one creating it. You know, I was the one who was calling to me what I was experiencing. And so that was kind of the first level of my awakening. And um, I, yeah, I really owe it to that, that, that experience with my face. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks face for lighting a fire. Yeah. Thanks yeah. face. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> to the fire and thanks to the face. And definitely, you know, I think, I think it's really important to share these stories too. Cause I know quite a few people who have stories like this, that it's not pretty, it's not, um, it's not a pretty awakening, you know? And that's the point. It's that we've been so asleep that sometimes we're so deep in it that it really takes something very strong to pull us out of it. And, you know, and when it's your time, it's your time. Like when, when it's your time to, to shift, it, it's got to happen one way or another. So sometimes it's not so pretty. And, and, and how beautiful is that too, you know, to, to realize that from your darkest moment, I mean, I, I think of that time and I'm like, I don't even know who that person was like, Oh mm -hmm. my God, I don't even know who she was. Um, how, you know, but I love her. I appreciate <laughs> her, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. The, uh, 
the awakening you're talking about, you know, and it definitely drew your interest into the mystical and um, in, you know, the, the esoteric and just in the cosmic and uh, the, deep, the deeper questions and all the source material that can help feed that. But everyone always expects an awakening itself to be that. Like all of a sudden your perception is blown open and you realize all you are is joy and bliss and we're all connected. But, uh, but for you, it sounds like it was just something that drove you into investigating that. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, I, Eckhart Tolle, I'm enlightened. Yay, isn't life grand? <laughs> we, we, we can all be that too. Yay. Yes, yeah. it, it, it more just began your, it began like a real process for you. Yes, it, be, it began my quest, I'd say, because I'm, I'm like, when I get really into something, I, I'll, I'll go down the rabbit hole. I'm one of those people I'm like researching. Like, I'm like, I'm like, give me, I'm just trying to find as much information as I can. Um, you know, and I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm like an all or nothing person too. Like, I'm one yeah. of those people, like, I can't save or something. Like, my boyfriend's always like, my boyfriend's always like, with shows, with food, with everything. He's like, just just take it like one day at a time. Let's watch one episode. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need the whole thing. Like I need to go in on it. So that's the way I, you know, that's the way I am when, when I have a realization about something. And I think, yeah, it drove the process of me diving down the rabbit hole and really getting to the bottom of like, what's going on here? Or at least the bottom of – I mean, there is no bottom. Just me like understanding what I really – um, thought was, you know, the ultimate nature of reality, I'd say. And I want to talk about uh, how that's kind of informed uh, your podcast, which seems to be a really central sort of uh, part of you, what you're offering, you know, online, uh, your Inner Bloom podcast with uh, yeah. Ambrosia. Yeah, I was, um, you know, because uh, looking at it, it looks, and I, and I think yeah. about it as an interesting foil to uh, the Positive Head podcast, because um, especially like uh, Brandon's side of it, because, uh, and also I, I kind of like mine where he's putting the teacher foot forward. Well, I thought I was like being real and vulnerable in my podcast. <laughs> and I guess that's always yeah. a relative term. I was being, I'm being real and vulnerable compared to how I used to be. But I, I realize I still yeah. am just wearing the teacher hat. You know, I am saying like, here's here, all the stuff I've figured out, here it is, finished product more or less, right? <laughs> but, um, but you, um, mm -hmm. you know, looking at your podcast, there's, all, there's titles that, that suggest like, you know, uh, extremely like, um, you know, the esoteric, the mystical, the magical, the supernatural. And, uh, and, I, and then I listen to you guys and you're like super down to earth and super funny and really honestly like struggling to reconcile them with the fact that life is hard and life makes doing this and like living these principles really hard. And um, yeah, and you're doing it in it with an honesty that I, that I find extremely admirable. So um, yeah, how did this, how did this, um, the thrust of this podcast come about and, and kind of, um, did you intentionally decide to make your podcast like this where sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's um, raw in a way that's, I, I love listening to anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate that reflection. And yeah, this podcast has been um, just such an incredible surprise and gift in my life. And, you know, like I said, it, 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 it was another thing that came through the Positive Head podcast because as I started hosting the Friday episodes where I was talking to the listeners, you know, one of the very first listeners who reached out to me was a girl named Ambrosia Matthews. And I had remembered that she had written into the Positive Head podcast a while back, like six months back. Um, and she told a really amazing story about how 
um, her daughter had basically proven and shown and displayed that she was the reincarnated soul of her grandmother at the age of three. Um, and it's a really amazing story, but I had remembered that story. So when I saw Ambrosia emailed me, I was like, oh my God, I remember getting so excited um, to talk to her and to connect with her. And when we connected on that episode, you know, I had her on the P-Head Posse. When we first connected, there was just this connection between us uh, that that felt really exciting. And I just could tell that we were going to do more together. I don't think I knew how much more, but I just, I remember telling one of my friends, I think I'm going to work with her. I don't know how. Um, and, you know, then turns out we, we kept talking and um, so she tells the story as, you know, so she, when I met her, she's been a psychic medium since she was five. Um, she's always seen spirits. She's, that's just been a part of her story. But, you know, for a long time, she pushed it away because she thought she was crazy. Other people thought she was crazy. Um, she, she just wanted to be normal. She wanted to have like a normal family. And, um, and then, you know, in recent years, she started to kind of embrace it a little bit more. But when I met her, when I met her, she was not doing, she was not doing it professionally. She was working a very normal job. And this is just something that she did on the side, just not even on the side. It was just something that, you know, she could do. And that like, sometimes she'd tell people things that she saw, or sometimes spirits would come to her to communicate uh, with their loved ones. And she would just deliver the message. And when I met her, I was like, wait, you're incredible. Like, this is incredible. And I got so lit up because for me, this is like, this is like my dream. I mean, I, I, right after I'd quit the music industry and I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was into spirituality and personal development and all that, you know, I would spend my days like looking on YouTube at, I watched this one channel, um, of this, these psychic mediums would, um, connect with like spirits of like celebrities who had passed, like people like Martin Luther King and, and Einstein and stuff like that. And they, they were mediums. So they'd connect with them and they'd interview them and, um, someone else would interview them. And I was just fascinated by that as well as Abraham Hicks, who is a channel, you know, um, Abraham Hicks is channeled by a woman named Ex Esther Hicks. And, yeah. um, and so both of those things, I would just, I, I couldn't stop consuming. And I just remember sitting there watching these YouTube videos being like, wouldn't it be incredible if I could do that? Like I used to work on the red carpet in Hollywood after I graduated uh, college, I went to USC and uh, I, I worked for a entertainment news website um, and we would go to the red carpets and we would do interviews with celebrities. And so it's funny because, you know, I've always kind of, and my parents are both in the news. My, my mom has been an investigative reporter since before I was born. And my dad has been a cameraman in the news since before I was born. And now they both do other things. But uh, for most of my life, that was my world. And so it's kind of funny too, to think about, you know, um, this, this combination of like interviewing and, um, you know, but, but, and combining it with my love of kind of celebrities, right. And, and people, people like that, but it's like afterlife stuff, right. It's like, it's this really interesting fusion. So anyway, I used to just sit there and be like, that would be so cool. Like, wow, I'm so jealous that like they get to ask these questions and like, 
like, God, I wish I could do that. And like, but how am I ever going to do that? And so anyway, cut to Ambrosia comes into my world and, you know, she has this ability, but she's never really played with it or kind of explored it or even considered really in a serious way, making a life out of it, even though she knows that she's really gifted in that way. And so she always says that, you know, when she met me, it was kind of like I, I gave her permission to look at it in that way. And I really validated her. I was like, no, like you can do this. And I, I can, I have a bunch of people who want readings from you and, you know, and I also had this idea of like, wait, we could interview celebrities. Have you ever tried doing that? You know, like we could, it would be so interesting to talk to certain people. And she She's like, oh, I just had never considered that. Like I'd never, I mean, I guess if they're past, then they're, they're past and they're spirits, I can communicate. Um, but, but anyway, the more we talked and the more she kind of showed me what she could do and the more I gave her confidence, the more we realized that we were being drawn together for a reason not only to lift each other up because that's what was happening. You know, we were validating each other and empowering each other and helping each other um, step forward into our power because, you know, I was, like I said, I was validating her, but she was also giving me intuitive insights, you know, from my guides that were so accurate and resonated so deeply with me and made me feel so loved and so secure that we were just, helping each other so much just by being together and talking together. So then we had this idea um, to start a podcast and we wanted the intention to be to empower people, but also to help normalize the abnormal, meaning to just make this, you know, make the idea that, that, you know, that life does not end here. Um, and that we are being taken care of and that we do have guidance and we do have support and that, you know, the universe is working with us and, and we are a part of that, um, to make that normal, like, like common, common discussion, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to create a space where it felt safe and, um, where it felt like friendship and where we also the other intention was to be as vulnerable as possible because we both knew that it is in the it's the power of vulnerability when you are vulnerable it allows other people to see that they're not alone and it helps others feel okay you know it helps others feel like maybe maybe they've been ashamed of something their whole life and they've never been able to because they're so ashamed, they can never talk to anyone about it. So then they just keep shame spiraling forever mm-hmm. when it's like, all they have to really do is hear one other person say, Hey, I went through this too. I did this too. This mm-hmm. happened to me too. And just talk about it honestly and authentically. And that's, that could be it for them. That could open the door for them to step out of that shame spiral and realize they're not alone and realize that everyone's going through something, you know? So we really, really wanted to embrace this, uh, vulnerability. And that is why on the podcast you hear, um, us being pretty raw and talking about some of the things that we're going through, even with each other, even with in our own lives that might be pretty personal. Um, because it was something that we committed to when we started this podcast. And the more we do it, the more we share that stuff, that's when we really grow. That's when we really feel our community bond even tighter. 
because I think people start to feel safe for them. It, they feel it's safe for them to do the same, for them to open up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, that makes you great candidates to kind of normalize the abnormal. If you are just going to be, you know, real and down to earth about it and not try and create this sort of, uh, this like veneer of uh, perfection or that you have the answers or anything like that, uh, even though you do uh, provide so much wisdom in the process. And uh, yeah. it's interesting, I think, full disclosure, <laughs> I think about, uh, um, you know, when I, make, when I make a podcast, I have a tendency to edit out anything that I get wrong. <laughs> so mm, I'm like talking yeah. to a guest and I get something a little bit wrong and they correct me, I'll just, I'll cut, I'll just cut out where they, where they or I'll just, I'll repeat what they told me. And then that, that's what I'll have in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I look, yeah. so I look like a good interviewer, you know, or that yeah. I look like I've, I've got it together. Um, and, and look, uh, and yeah. you're, you're being vulnerable right now and sharing that. I mean, just I that alone. That <laughs> no, no, I love that part. Cause that's, yeah. cause so, <laughs> sorry. Cause so many people, so many, I, I identify with that too. There's sometimes things that we say in the podcast. I'm like, am I really going to keep this in? This like kind of makes me look like a jerk or like this makes me look whatever. And then there's another voice in my head that's like, but it shows that you're human. And that's what's healing people is seeing that because, because this is the thing that I think is hanging people up. And this is definitely something I've had to grow through is there's this idea that unless you do it perfect, you shouldn't do it right? Like, unless you're going to do it right. And why is that? Probably because we've been raised in environments and by other people, you know, who believe, who would criticize us if we got something wrong or maybe make fun of us or, or ostracize us or do something if we didn't do it the way that they wanted us to do it. So there's this, there's this way that we start to think about things where it's like, it has to be perfect or else I don't want to do it. And I don't want to put it out because I do not want anyone to be able to criticize me. I don't want to give anyone the ammunition to say anything about this. And I get that. Believe me, I've, I've struggled through that and I still do sometimes, but I also do think even just that one example you just gave, whether you keep it in or not, like that is so powerful because that just helped me, like you saying to be you know, you just said full disclosure, like this is something that, uh, like this is, I'll edit out if I, if I don't feel like I said some, did it right. And it's like that you just saying that was like, Oh wow, it's really nice to know he feels that way too. Cause I feel that way too sometimes. And now I don't feel so alone. And now I feel like, yeah, it's normal, you know? Yeah. So it's just, I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to keep it. In. I was just yeah. But, uh, I'll keep it. I was, I was joking, but, um, but it's, but it's funny because I mean, um, you know, I don't like even look at my show as like, you know, perfectly imperfect. I consider yeah. it imperfectly perfect. And I have to be, ah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, it's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Yes. Um, but like, but I'm not at the perfectly imperfect phase, you know, but you yes. guys have just like, like plunged into perfectly imperfect. Yes. <laughs> And I think of your totally. episode, uh, I think of the episode uh, with, <laughs> for some reason I stumbled upon this one, when you had that comment from that, uh, from that user that was like- Oh my gosh, yeah. Was the most like, I mean, un understandably, the most <laughs> fucking patronizing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it was so perfectly designed to piss you off. Like, even yes. more than someone just trolling. Because yes. when you take something like that's a compliment and you yeah. like marble it, with like um, criticism and, and yeah. almost like as a way of saying like, uh, hey, I'm helping you out. You know, yes. I, I love you guys. Let me help you out by telling you how you're shitty. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, like, it was just like, ooh, did he do that? 
deliberately. Like, did he like research how to how to really pl- uh, penetrate through all the other trolls? And anyways, mm-hmm. even even with a comment like that, I I feel like if I were to like have an episode about it, I would be in a place of being above it. Just be like, well, someone's expecting me to be spiritual and conscious and mindful, <laughs> so yeah. therefore, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have some distance from it and I'll look at it from a broad context. Yeah. Um, and then you guys addressed it, and and Bro's just like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> And then you're helping yeah. her process that. It was great. <laughs> totally. Totally. Because that is, that is you know, that's interest, an interesting observation because, yeah, that is something that I think with that particular episode, we did struggle with a little bit. We're, first of all, we struggled with, do we even talk about this? The first, when it first happened, I mean, Ambie was even way more pissed than that. Like I couldn't, you know, we couldn't record at that point. But, you know, then thinking, well, how do we want to talk about this? Because here we are, like you said, you know, wanting to be an example of how to handle things. But at the same time, it's like, but things still trigger us, you know, and, and we're all still human. And no matter how much we want to be a good examples, it's like maybe being a good example just means documenting and, and showcasing how you're going through it. And like you said, how you're processing it and what you really feel about it. And, 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 you know, realizing that like none of us are perfect and none of us are fully to, to the point that we talked about before with tapping, none of us are completely clean, you know, ever, or, you know, completely free of our triggers. We were constantly having, the more you evolve, the more things will come up that, that you've kind of suppressed or not, not had to deal with, uh, in recently. Right. And so it's like, you know, um, I think it was a beautiful opportunity, um, for Ambie to get some healing there and for me to, um, you know, help guide her through that. But also, also I had the realization, it was like, this is one comment. And I expect fully that as we move forward and grow more, there will be way worse things coming than that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's something to be prepared for, you know, like this was a good test. We saw where our weaknesses are, you know, and it's, it's a good thing to, to start preparing for because inevitably as you do anything that is outside of the norm, people are going to have something to say. And, you know, if you are going to let them, if you are going to let those comments, uh, like knock you down in, in a way that it's hard to get back up, um, you know, that, we just need to kind of be prepared because we have really big plans for what they're, we're doing. And to be quite honest with you, when when you have Ambrosia channeling an Arcturian guide <laughs> named John, um, you know, for half of the stuff that we do, and we're going to be doing this in a pretty, pretty public way, I expect people to be like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Or like, who do you think you are? All the things that, you know, someone might say about that. But I also recognize how important it is to build kind of a, a not only a tough skin, but just generate a perspective that understands that people are afraid of the things that they, they don't know or that they're triggered by things as well, you know, and just understand that everyone's coming from somewhere different. And no matter what anyone is saying, that you have to keep pursuing your vision. You have to keep pursuing the vision because you have that vision for a reason. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love the like warrior energy of just like (laughs) 
stay the course, let the arrows bounce off, you know? Oh, you gotta, yeah. It's funny, I, I'm kind of like observing um, your guys' podcast since you're, you know, you're, you're farther along than mine in, certain, in terms of time, uh, episode numbers, listeners, you know, and definitely getting comments and feedback, you know? And I, there's just, there's always this like stage of like <laughs> of blossoming from like, okay, in the beginning, you know, I, you start in this comfortable space of anonymity where you can just put stuff out there and like into this big whistling void of silence. And, you know, like, yeah, you feel, yeah, no one says anything. You're like, okay, great, fine. I'm, I'm left <laughs> yeah. alone. Excellent. Let's swing for the fences. Yeah. And then, and then you start getting the kind of the community growing and the feedback. And then often it's positive in the beginning, you know, everyone's just kind of supportive. And then, and then the trolls start coming out and you're just getting like a little bit of that, you know, and I'm, it's always like, and there's just so many more stages after that. I think podcasting is incredible. And I think, I think it also is such a, if, you know, in this world right now, I think we've all kind of, we're, we're so used to immediacy, right? We're so used to kind of like, we want to see results right away. But I think the beautiful thing about podcasting is that it's almost like, a diary. You know what I mean? It's almost like a record or a scrapbook or something like that, an audio scrapbook um, of content that you that you like and that 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 contains your insights and observations about the world. And um and you know, in the beginning when you're doing a project and you're just building an audience, I liked how you, what did you say? Like the whistling um void. Void, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, absolutely because I think that's that's also the scary thing about creating a project, you know, something new where you're you're being vulnerable, you're putting yourself out there. You're like, oh no, well, what does it mean if you know I put it out there and nobody hears it or or only a couple people hear it? Like, should I still do it? And it's like, number one, first of all, you should definitely still do it and just keep keep putting it out there, keep putting the beacon out there. Our guide says it all the time: put the beacon out. You're putting a beacon out that people are gonna find. Put the beacon out. Put the beacon out. Um, and you know, it actually reminds me of one of, one of the more vulnerable episodes we shared on our podcast was we had planned a, we, we kept getting these, um, these visions, these ideas that we would eventually make the podcast live, like take it on a tour, like go to different cities and do the podcast live and do like intuitive stuff with our audience and all that. And, you know, we do retreats and those have all been really successful. But the first time we were like, oh, let's do like a live show. We planned it. We planned the place. We set it up like three weeks ahead of time. And then, and this is only in the first like four months of us starting our podcast. And then we, um, we put it out there and it was like, nobody was able to come. Like the people that loved our show that lived in the area, they were all away that weekend. And then it was like, nobody else seemed like wanting to come or didn't know what it was about or were freaked out by it. I don't know. And then, um, and so then we decided to talk to our guide, John, the, the Arcturian being the Ambi channels. Um, and sometimes we'll do this. So Ambi will channel and then I'll ask a series of questions that we have about our business and things we're working on together. And he will guide us in terms of like, you know, what, what would be best to do or things to think about. Um, so we re we always record it, even though we're not planning on airing it, because then I can listen back if there's something like I wanted more clear, you know, I can, I just have a record of it. So I was recording and I start asking him about this event that we're going to do this live event. And he's like, I was like, well, we have this event coming up. Like, so 
I don't know if anyone's going to come. And he's like, yeah, nobody is going to come. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, nobody's coming. And I was like, hold on a second. I was like, well, well then we should cancel the event. He's like, no, no, you should still do the event. And I'm like, you're telling, and I start having like a childlike meltdown. I'm like, you're telling me that nobody is going to come to this and that I'm supposed to go and do it anyway to no one. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, why? And he's like, he's like, do you want to be free or not? And I was like, yes, I do. He's like, then do the event, no matter if zero people are there, one person is there, two people. I'm like, man, I almost think it's worse if one person's there. And he's like, why? It is worse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, and I explained the whole thing and it, it triggers all this childhood stuff coming up for me about, you know, feeling like unsupported, feeling embarrassed, feeling like, you know, I, I'm not enough. Um, and also then triggered a lot of stuff for me. I used to promote nightclubs when I was in, you know, college, I used to promote events. And, you know, the whole thing about that is it's based on how many people show up. So there's a lot of stuff kind of coming up and I had a full on meltdown. I was like yelling at John. I was like yelling at him. I was like, you don't know anything. And like, this is stupid. And like, I don't like this and I don't like you and I don't like any of this. And it was just this, this very childlike voice coming out of me. And so then, um, anyway, we ended up deciding to air that, um, the next day I, I went to bed and I woke up and I was like, we need to air that in an episode. And Ambi is like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, like I want people to hear what I'm going through. I want them to hear, you know, going back to that raw vulnerability. I want them to know that like, I'm embarrassed of this situation and I'm uncomfortable and I really am freaking out. Like I, I don't want to do this. Um, and so we aired that and that was like a, I think that, 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 that episode was like a big turning point in the podcast in the way that people saw us and the way that I saw us as like, you know, um, just being so transparent. But anyway, just going back to what we were talking about, about, you know, the whistling void and like, not sure if anyone's, you know, watching or, or listening or, or build in that stage where you're building. It's like, I remember that time and, and, and feeling so, so scared. What did that mean for the future of this product project? Did that mean that I was failing, that no one was going to come or that no one was going to listen? And, you know, it was just the first of many building experiences. It ended up the four people came. Okay, sure. Um, and it ended up being fine. But um, I just, I guess I just wanted to touch on the fact that everyone starts with zero followers. You know what I mean? Everyone starts with zero. And you, you have to go through these different stages like you're talking about um, in order to build up. And, and, but it takes consistency and it takes patience. And whoever is out there doing something like this, a podcast, whatever, if you think no one's listening, trust me, someone is going to listen. Someone is listening. And even if it's one person, you're changing that person's life in some way. You're affecting that person and that person needs you, you know, like they need to hear your voice. And so if you can just focus on like the effect that you're having, I think that kind of takes all the pressure off of the audience and the numbers, I think we're trained so often to think about like, well, how many followers you got, you know, it's like, well, hold on, let's look at impact here. You know, like let's, let's focus on that. And I think that makes everyone feel a lot better and then things can grow organically. So I don't know. I just felt called to share that because I, I, I think a lot of us can kind of fall into that trap and then we get discouraged and then we don't want to, we don't want to share anymore when really like we're the, 
the, the share is destined for something. The share is for a reason, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely inspirational words for anyone out there who is maybe in the service industry, maybe just doing something uh, on the side of something else that's meaningful to them, but they think doesn't count because it's, yeah. you know, doesn't have a huge following. Of course it does. You know, of course it does. If you, you know, are serving tables in a restaurant and you do, and you serve 30 or 40 people in a night and you, you know, at the end of the night, I know, you know, <laughs> within you that you've just impacted a lot of people. And there's a lot of people now walking around the world that are, that are carrying with, within them a couple of hours of time with, that they've spent with you. You weren't there the whole time, but you were there making contact with them. And, and that is meaningful. And actually that would be a, that would be a pretty good following if you had a podcast and you, and you, and you had 150 people listen to you a week. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of, you know, showing up to a serving job five days a week and serving that many people. Like that's yeah. how much like impact you're having. So and that's just the beginning. Everyone, anyone can get a following bigger than that if they do whatever they're doing authentically, you know, just takes Absolutely. a bit of time. Absolutely. So amazing. Okay. So, so yeah. And one more question I want to have about the show, then I'll get to the other questions. Yeah. So she, I never listened to an episode like this. Uh, she actually, she will channel a celebrity and she can do so like on, on command. She can just be like, I want to talk to JFK now. And then like, boom. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, in terms of connecting with celebrities, she doesn't channel them. So channeling okay. means like she literally goes into like trance state and then someone talks through her. Like, right. so, but then in terms of, you know, uh, connecting with celebrities, we'll do celebrity interviews all the time. We actually just, we, we sat down with the intention the other day of uh, doing one with Tupac because I love him. I, lo I like really loved him when I was growing up because actually he just had such powerful things to say. And we but then you couldn't because he's not dead. No, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, my God. That's a good joke. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, well, no. So, 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 so it ended up – so sometimes this will happen where other spirits will actually, like, come in and kind of, like – I don't want to say hijack, but, like, kind of hijack the interview. Like, they'll be like, actually, I want to talk. Um, and this rapper who – passed recently. Um, his name was Nipsey Hussle. He's been trying to talk to Ambie since uh, he passed because, so here's what's interesting. It's like when someone's a psychic and someone passes and they have a message, when they learn that someone can hear them, when they learn that someone can communicate with them, they will come to them. Even if they don't know them, they will try to come to them because they know they can hear them and give them, they want them to give a message. So um, he's been trying to come to Ambie since he passed and Ambie has been kind of shooing him away and being like, I, I can't, like, I don't want to get involved with this really. Um, but you know, we finally kind of talked to him and, and got his message, but yeah, we've talked to, uh, Gandhi, um, super, that was a funny episode and super sweet episode. We've talked to Princess Diana Avicii, who is someone from the music industry. He's a famous DJ and he passed. And yeah, she can do it pretty much on demand. Like, you know, we can just say, okay, let's do this person. And then I'll, you know, we, we do video on our podcast sometimes and you'll just kind of see her looking around the room and then she's like, okay, this is what he looks like. Is this what he looks like? Yeah. And, um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how instant that is. <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Are you thinking of doing requests sometime? Can someone call in and be like, I want to talk to uh, River Phoenix. 
Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, we take requests for so a lot of people want us to talk to, and we want to talk to um, Tesla, um, Einstein. A lot yeah. of people want us to talk to uh, Bob Ross. I don't know, why. <laughs> he's a painter. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked to oh, we talked to Mr. Rogers recently. Um, yeah, so you know, a lot of them are just people that mean something to people. But yeah, if you're a part of our Facebook community, we have a private Facebook group called Inner Bloomers, and people request people in there all the time. So can turn okay. it into an episode and then when we do when we do one that like a lot of people want to want to hear from we'll we'll say okay leave us all your questions for them and then we'll use those questions to read on like to interview them with she seems to be the channeler uh but yeah. you seem to also be connected to you know a source of wisdom some an intuitive sort of uh place within you um mm. so what role does that play in your life and your healing practice and uh, and in your show it plays a big role. It plays a big role in my life. I actually, well, as far as my EFT sessions go, I actually use it quite a bit um, because, you know, when I'm tapping with someone, I'll quite often be asking them, what are you feeling? What's coming up right now? And I think sometimes they try to tell me, they, they do their best to tell me, but sometimes they're very in their head and they're not actually tuned into what they're feeling exactly. So it's, it's pretty helpful because I find that when I just relax, I can actually tune into what they're feeling and I can use my intuition to, um, to describe how they're feeling. And then they'll look at me and be like, how did you know that? Or that's exactly what I'm feeling. I couldn't describe it before. Thank you. Okay. Like now we're there. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's been incredibly helpful in my EFT practice. Um, you know, in terms of, um, the podcast, um, I think it's, it's, well, it's so interesting because, you know, when we first started, I looked at Ambrosia as like, well, she's the intuitive one, you know, she's the one, like not me, like I can't do any of this stuff. Like that was kind of the way I looked at it. And now as time's gone on, well, first of all, my intuitive gifts have developed before I started, before I connected with her, I'd never experienced anything non-physical or metaphysical. I'd never actually seen anything or any sort of spirit or anything like that. And, um, you know, just like a few months ago, I actually started seeing things with my real eyes. Like actually I saw our guide John twice in my, in my apartment. Um, once he was walking by my kitchen, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. And then the second time it was, it was at night, I got up late to get something and I laid back down and I saw him standing right next to me, next to my bed. And it was like this very comforting, like protector feeling. Um, but before that I'd never seen anything. Um, so it's really cool how my intuition has been developing more, not only in like a clairvoyant way, but also, um, I've been trusting it more. Like I've been trusting the insights I get. I've been trusting the information that I get because as I'm surrounded with other people who are doing this, like, like Ambrosia, um, it's like I'm noticing that I've always been intuitive. I just talk myself out of it. I always get the information. I just, I'm like, oh, that's stupid. You know, in the past, I've been like, oh, that's stupid. Or, oh, that's probably just me thinking or, and realizing like it's there. I just have to listen to it, you know? So um, it's, it's been really cool as my intuition has turned on and as Ambrose's intuition has turned on to really allow that to flow between us. It's really provided for some great questions to come, you know, which has provided some amazing answers, some amazing information to come through, um, you know, and, and just 
also, I just think having emotional intelligence, um, is, is really kind of my superpower in being able to understand what people are going through and pick up on how they're feeling and, um, and, you know, and provide ways to, to help them with that or to help them find clarity. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah. And like, do you think having intuition, um, that is, you know, uh, that serves someone, you know, that will actually be a valuable sort of boon or guidepost. Um, does it does it have to be uh, like clairvoyance? Does it have to be uh, a connection to another realm, or or can it just simply be knowing right action or speech, and you know, yeah. trusting feeling and emotion, and and that guiding you? Absolutely, no. It does not have to be seeing into another realm or anything like that. It can absolutely just be tr- being able to trust yourself and understand when you're getting signals. When, when, like you said, when something is right for you, when something is not right for you. I mean, and that happens. Also, I feel like that's developed more and more through trial and error. For example, uh, Ambrosia and I are planning our third retreat right now, and we added an element to it. Um, a few weeks ago and I kept getting this weird feeling about adding that element, but I just kind of overrode that over and over again. I just overrode it. And then finally we just kind of realized, Oh, like this doesn't fit here. And I was like, Oh, I felt that the whole time. You Mm -hmm. know, I knew it. I just didn't listen. So it's not that anything horrible has happened. It's just that seeing all the ways you could have streamlined things and things could have been simpler if you just listen to that intuition that's always there for you. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we all have access to this intuition. Absolutely. I think that my, but to what, you know, to, to kind of your question or what you were saying about my, I think that my job here is actually to be connected to my intuition in a way that allows me to bring through downloads and insights and just to share them with other people. I think that that is like my, what, what, what I'm supposed to do. And I always say like, I am, I feel like I'm the idea person. I have a million ideas coming through me all the time. And, um, I feel like kind of my role here is to listen to those ideas and then share them with others and then let them run with them. Like let them go iterate on them. Let them, let them take them as, as, as wisdom for themselves. Um, you know, let those ideas out into the physical so that, uh, they can be used for whatever they're needed for. What would you use to guide our listeners who don't believe that they you know, do have like any connection to that. They're just kind of caught in their heads and they're spinning around with analysis. And, uh, you know, they don't believe that intuition is a learned skill. It's like you've either got it or you don't, as I had believed for so long. Start uh, paying attention when, just like I gave the example, you know, when something goes wrong or quote unquote wrong, I don't think things really go wrong, but when, when something doesn't really go the way you expect it to, look back like feel into it, feel into what you were feeling all along the way, because really just your intuition, I feel like is just your feelings. Right. And so it's like, look back about how you felt that whole time and make the connection between your feeling and what ended up manifesting. You know, if you were not feeling good about something and then something not good kind of 
happened, then make just continue to look back and reflect and see how you were getting those signals the whole time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then also pay attention to the other things on the other side of it. Pay attention to when you're feeling really good and all of a sudden something magical happens or get pay attention to when you just get this idea out of nowhere. Those are my favorite things when suddenly I'll, I'll get an impulse to do something. It'll be like, I really want to go here and I don't know why, but I just feel like I want to go there and it feels really good to go there and I'll go there and then something else will happen when I go there and I'll meet someone there who shares something with me. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't think that if someone's not open to believing that they have intuition, like I can't really make you believe it because the thing about the way that this universe works is that whatever you believe is going to continue to prove itself to you. So if you're like, I don't have intuition or I can't use it, then that's going to continue to be your experience. But if you want to start to open up to your intuition, just pay attention to how you're feeling and what's happening around you. Make the connection. And the more you start to notice that, the more you will learn what signs your body gives you when something is right and when something is wrong for you. Um, and the more you pay attention, the stronger that will develop. Then you'll start to you know, get signs. Then you'll start to really have fun with it. And, and, you know, it's really fun. It's really fun when you start to realize that like you have way more support than you think you've had. You have way more tools to navigate this reality than you think. Um, but you do have to build up kind of like your own trust and your own relationship with them in order to use them in, in the way that I think they can be optimally used. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a really, an important thing for people to do, uh, and, and this just helps with self-understanding, you know, when you actually look at what is driving you, like really, if you look at what's driving something um, and you think it's going to be like, it's just some like analytical calculation you did, you know, some abstraction you pulled out of nowhere. When you really pay attention to, to what drives you, it, it is, it is rarely that it is, it is. And, and if it seems like it's that, that's usually just a reflection of uh, something much deeper that's propelling you into a thought or action. It's always something there uh, beyond what you think the mental construction is that, that drove you. Often that comes after. That just kind of colors things in and rationalizes <laughs> the yeah. impulse that drove it, you know? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's always really powerful to look back on situations and reflect. And I think the more that you... I mean, I know the more that I go down this path, the more I'll remember certain situations, like the more that I learn about what's going on here and I feel like I have a better grasp, the more I will look back on situations I went through, I'll be like, oh my God, like that, that was so clearly linked to that or I so clearly got a sign about that, but I just didn't see it at the time. You know, I couldn't see it. I was blind to it and I wasn't looking for it. Um, I was looking for something else to your, to your point. Like I was being driven by something else. So I wasn't seeing that part. Um, mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's so powerful to reflect and it's so powerful to journal and write about your experiences. I feel like, I feel like journaling is one of those things where when you say it, everyone's like, oh, okay, like I'll journal. I don't want to journal. Like people are kind of so sick of that, like mm -hmm. journaling affirmations. But I mean, it is really powerful to document what's happening to you and to, to express your thoughts because I think it provides a, another way to make connections later on, um, to reflect and to have like what's going on inside put out in an organized way on the outside, because there's a lot going on in there. You know, it can get really like messy and muddy sometimes if you don't find a way to organize it. 
Yeah, I've actually I've had two uh, champions of mindful journaling uh, as guests on the show. Uh, the nice. first one was Mark Champagne, who developed Kyo app. That is really like you can be very methodical, uh, and, and it can become an extremely good tool for um, you know definitely like documenting, but also triggering the right questions and observations uh, throughout the day. Yeah, so I remember when we first spoke, you said you had. Uh, done some time working in restaurants. Notice how I said that. Like <laughs> I've done some time. <laughs> yeah. I always say like a prison sentence. That's totally not my mo. But yeah. uh, <laughs> what was it like then? Where were you at when you were working at restaurants? What was your experience like? And how do you think that might be now if you went back into it? I knew you were going to ask this. Um, I was so I was reflecting earlier today. I got this server job at a little cafe in Philly that was at the bottom of this building. And um, I literally spent every single day, morning, noon, and night in this cafe. I basically like ran the cafe. I was like the only person working there. I remember having a lot of days where I felt very overwhelmed. I felt very kind of resentful. Um, I mean, then I also had a lot of days that were beautiful and amazing and where I was so happy to meet people and everyone was in a good mood. And I, I liked being the person that was able to deliver things to people to make them happy, to create a comfortable experience for them. So yeah, when I was doing all of those jobs, you know, I remember, um, I remember definitely having a lot of issues with power, feeling like I do not like authority (laughs) and, and, you know, a lot about service is, um, even not your even the customer not just your boss the customer actually ends up kind of taking on the role of the authority figure in a lot of these scenarios right because like they're the one that you need to cater to mm-hmm. um so i really struggled with that at times at times it was easy and then at times i just was like i don't want to do what you say like and i and every and then i remember getting a, into my head like everything you do is wrong like you're wrong even though the customer's always right you know i would get into these moods of i just didn't want to serve i just didn't want to be lower than someone that's how i saw myself in those moments like I'm lower than you you're telling me what to do and I can't handle that um so you know I've been through a big journey with this with serving and service and um it's only been till recently like I've still gone through certain power struggles at times but it's really been hitting me recently this idea that you know because I've always felt like I'm on a time crunch. I have things to do. Like I got to get this done or I need something for you from you or I need you to pay me for this or whatever it is. This kind of like, like, like chip on my shoulder type of thing. And recently I've really moved into the space of compassion and patience and, and taking one thing at a time. Like, you know, I made a commitment to myself. It's like wherever I am in the moment, I'm going to be there fully and I'm going to give my attention to what I'm doing. And this is all I need to worry about right now and not worry about it. This is all I need to focus on right now. Um, And so I think that the me that would go back today would really kind of would be so much calmer and so much more present. And I actually feel like I would enjoy the opportunity as you've talked about to play that role in someone's day. You know, I walk dogs right now. Like that's something that I just, it's just something I do on the side. And it's a long story of how that started happening. But anyway, I I live in a building with a lot of dogs. I work from home. So I walk people's dogs. And this is kind of something I've started to see as it's service. 
And there are days when I have a lot going on and some days I can get frustrated. I'm like, oh no, like I have to walk all these dogs. I have this amount of time. Like they're being now the dog, like one of the dogs is like being difficult, doesn't want to come or doesn't want to get off the bed, under the bed, et cetera. Um, and recently when I've moved into this new space, it feels like I, now I go into every apartment and I, and I breathe and I think to myself, this is about the dog. Like I want this dog to have a really amazing experience. They're going out for a walk. I want them to feel taken care of. I want the person whose dog this is to know that their dog is being taken care of. I want everyone to feel loved and held and appreciated here. And it's amazing what's happened as I've adopted that mentality and I've inserted patience into the experience. Like, Hey, it doesn't matter how much you have going on today. You don't need to rush. Where are you rushing to? Like, just be here now. And so I really think if I were to go back into the service industry, I would really be able to take that with me and not get so overwhelmed and flustered that like, ah, I've all this side work or there's all this to do or there's customers. It's like to take it one at a time and realize that by doing that, you're winning. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're trying to, when you're, you're trying to juggle so many things or getting overwhelmed, that there's so many people, so much to do, you make it a miserable experience for yourself and for everyone else. And then that, that just compounds the, the misery. Whereas if you take your time and you really make everyone feel seen and heard, then you're truly creating love and abundance and peace and good feeling all around you. And that's priceless, you know, to, to what you, what you mentioned, to know that someone walks away from their experience with you feeling better, lighter, happier, freer, just even just because of the way you treat them or you talk to them or you look at them, you know, I think it's, I think it's such an untapped, um, concept. And I think it's, it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So I think I would do a lot better. I think I would make even more tips today. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I love, uh, I love thinking about this idea of taking care of something that is maybe um, a more innocent creature, something with simpler needs, you know, like a dog or a child, um, which has been recommended to me as very good, you know, sort of self therapy. Um, and really just kind of, you know, kind of showing up to that role and um, as good practice and kind of a good reminder uh, that anyone, because, you know, a dog's not going to like look at you and be like, uh, I've been waiting a while, like do your job, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, they're not going to like demean you, you know, um, and, and, and which is really what tests people, you know, and, um, and, and, and if a kid turned and said something to you, you would be able to play it off like, oh, they're a kid. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, oh, like they're harmless. But then, you know, like an adult does with their sort of, you know, with their air of like of knowing and their opinions and, and all of that. And, and it really does bother us. And I always wonder about that phenomenon. I'm like, what's the difference, you know? And, yeah. and why can't I see the sort of the innocent, the actual innocent sort of scared little place within them that is fueling uh, them being triggering towards me? And, and, I, and I think actually serving those more innocent beings uh, is really does help uh, dial me back into that, you know, which I don't have enough experience doing. And, and so, which is what kind of like, I think often fuels a sort of judgmental or critical um, sort of perspective of people I serve. Um, 
and and I think like someone who gets a chance to be like a mother or like, you know, caregiver to dogs is maybe less likely to do that because they just have an understanding and kind of an appreciation for, you know, the innocence in everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also dogs show you unconditional love. Like, like you said, I mean, you could, you know, you could, for example, if you gave them a shorter walk this time, then you know, like that they, they, that you normally are give them it doesn't, the next time you come, they love you. They just love you. They don't judge you. They don't, you know, they're not like you messed up or you did this. Like, even if that's how you're feeling about yourself, it's like, they just love you. And it teaches you so much about, you're like, wow, you, you love me no matter what, like you, you still come to greet me. You still, you know, come to give me kisses and, and it, it melts your heart. And then it makes you want to give more, you know, it makes you realize I can do better. I have a bet. I have, I have more patience in me. I have bit better capacity for this. And just, I, I do really think spending time with dogs, you know, for example, it really does train you to kind of almost see things the way that they see them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you can apply that to people and be like, oh, this person's just, it's okay. You know, this person mm-hmm. just had a bad day or they're going through something. I still love them. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Awesome. Good stuff today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a chance now, all the time you need to tell people uh, anything you want to tell them, anything you want to throw down, anything, any menu you want to put in front of them. Uh, what do you got <laughs> going on right now? What do you want them to order? <laughs> I don't know about this metaphor, but whatever. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say uh, if, if anything that, we're, that I'm doing sounds of interest to you, you can um, go to my website, www.alexasoothes.com, S-O-O-T-H-E-S. Um, and also definitely check out my podcast with my co-host Ambrosia Matthews. It's Inner Bloom. We're on iTunes, CastBox, Google Play, um, or you can go to our website, innerbloompodcast.com. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of fun things. We're planning our third retreat right now, and uh, and we, we choose a topic each month on our podcast um, to be pull in an expert and every Friday we have of that month, we have the expert kind of give us a new lesson on that topic. So the first, uh, top, the first month we did money, which has been incredible for shifting my money mindset, as well as a lot of people's, um, we did relationships, we did sexuality, we're about to do parenting. Um, so definitely tune in for that if you'd like kind of some free lessons. Um, and and yeah, and I, I do private EFT sessions. I do them virtually. So if EFT sounds of interest to you, um, you can reach out to me, like I said, on my website, alexasuz.com. You can book a session there. Would love to talk to you about it. Um, and I guess I just want to say, um, you know, keep keep creating and keep sharing your voice if you're listening to this. Um, and your dreams and your visions that you have, you have them for a reason. It's really important that you, you follow your heart and you follow what makes you happy. Even if everyone else is telling you that's stupid or it's never been done or why would you do that? You know, you can't listen to what other people say. You really just have to trust in yourself and trust in your own guidance and know that you're being led to what you want. You just have to kind of relax and, you know, flow down the river. So um, just a reminder to everyone. And, and I'm so proud of everyone who, who's doing their thing, you know, 
it's, it, it can be challenging, but, um, it's so rewarding and, um, and yeah. And thank you, Stefan, for having me on the show. Um, congrats to you. I, I love your perspective on service. I think it's so unique and it's something that should definitely be talked about. And it actually reminds me of Gary V, who I love a little bit because he, he talks constantly about, um, you know, just like this idea that everybody is like, oh, like I got to be a billionaire. I got to be a millionaire. I got to be balling. And then that causes them to do all these things, you know, to buy all these things that they don't like to impress people they don't like and live this life that stresses them out and, and makes and it chains them to to jobs that they hate just because they, they need to have the, the, the new BMW, you know what I mean? And I think what you're talking about, it's not to say that you can't make a lot of money and be very happy. I, 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 I want to make a lot of money and be happy and, and create things with it. But what I'm saying is I think what you're talking about with service is a really important perspective to have because if, if, if that's the category of um, work that you're in and it's helping you make money and you're happy doing that, like for, for the time being, or it's getting you from A to B, like revel in it, like be in that, like don't feel stressed that you have to be somewhere you're not like use it, you know, use it to, and, and amplify it and amplify yourself within it. And, um, and I, I think, I think living that way is living whichever way you want to live is perfectly acceptable and perfectly amazing. And you're playing a role in society that's really important. So, um, so thank you, Stefan, for sharing your message about this. I, I just, I think a lot of people need to hear it and take it in. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that and your contribution there. That is uh, some really good stuff. Uh, for our listeners who, you know, have that techno-industrial conditioning, you know, that I, I'm, I'm working uh, to help. I don't want to say totally break. You can't get out of the system. But like this obsession with tip of the pyramid, you know, mm -hmm. when so many of us just need to really serve uh, wherever we are on the pyramid uh, and, and really to really be a, a contributor, you know, be a contributor yeah. rather than just someone that wants to be an, an influencer, you know, yeah. being at the top with the most people you're influencing. Contribution yeah. from whatever space you are, that's what really I think radiates and showing up to that role rather than resenting it because you're not, you know, looking down from above. And, um, yeah. and I think that's really uh, so important and, and such an important sort of shift in healing uh, that people need to have in order to to find joy in work, which they spend so much of their time doing, you know, so absolutely you know, love the process. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it takes, I, I know we're wrapping up, but it just no, takes, a, it takes me right back to what we were talking about in the beginning with EFT, where we were talking about, you know, how you have to kind of accept where you are, like meet people where they are and accept yourself where you are. So if like, you're not even in the place where you can feel your emotions, you know, you have to start in that place of resistance, right? and accept it like we were talking about. And it's kind of the same with what you're talking about here. It's like, you know, you might be in resistance about being a server, for example, at a restaurant. It's like, but what if you could just meet yourself where you are? What if you could just accept this is where I am? So what can I do with this? You know, how, what can I do? And incredible healing can come from that. Incredible healing happens when you stop resisting where you are and you value yourself where you are. And, you know, and I just kept getting this idea, this visual when you're talking about being at the top, this pyramid or the 1%. It's like, it, it, it almost seems like the, I, the idea of a dream of being the one percenter 
it, it, it makes so many people unhappy because everyone's just kind of climbing over everyone else trying to get there, always feeling like they're never get, getting there. Meanwhile, the people, the one percenters sometimes aren't even happy themselves because they're still not happy where they are. You know, even if they're at the top or the one percent, they're still not happy because it's not necessarily about where you are. It's about, are you happy wherever you are? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and everyone's everyone's looking at w- other positions on the pyramid, um, uh, envying them, and then and yes. then the person getting envied is bewildered. He's like, "No, I'm envying you. No, I'm envying yes. you. <laughs> yeah. I want to be somewhere yeah. else." I met this one yeah. guy. He's like this like wealthy like finance guy. Was at a bar once, and he's like, "I'm not happy, man. I wish I had your life." And I'm like, "What? I wish I had." Your life. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it always just looks better when it's somewhere else, you know. Sounds so- like the beginning of a movie where you switch bodies for a day. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's like, that should absolutely, that's, that's, that's trading places part two with, yes, like, exactly. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy, Eddie yeah. Murphy as a, as a, or maybe Dan Aykroyd actually as the sort of, um, you know, curmudgeonly 70 year old bartender maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Perfect casting. Well, thank you so much for descending on my podcast and uh, <laughs> giving everyone so many awesome, uh, awesome bombs and knowledge and uh, sharing your story. It's a great one. Thank you so much. You as well. Awesome. Thank you again, Alexa. Have a great day. See you. Check out the website www.surfconscious.com for more free content. Thanks for listening.